Just give us one hour, and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen is a fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness from the inside out. Happiness is a choice, and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Each week, Lisa shines her light on well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. As a filmmaker, positive psychology coach, author, professor, and change agent specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cybers Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. On the show, she also focuses on military families and service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and other post-deployment civilian life reintegration issues. So, let's spend some time getting to the heart of the matter on Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good afternoon and good evening wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio where we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being, and human flourishing. We are not talking about that annoying yellow smiley face. No, no, no. We're talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, it is essential in order for humankind to thrive. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to collective global flourishing. The achievement of a happy life is not only positively good for us, it is constructively good for those around us. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart, and this show is all about the heart. Before we bring on our guest today, I invite you to join our conversation live by calling us at 877-864-4869. Once again, that's 864-4869 with the prefix of 877. That's a toll-free call. Or you can come into our chat room at toginet.com and tweet at us with the hashtag HarvestingHappiness. Um, once a month, we, we devote a show solely to um, military affairs. Military affairs having to do with well-being, wellness, uh, how to rebound after the war experience. And my first guest uh, is, has done just that. She's led by example. Sarah Plummer is an internationally recognized author, speaker, optimal wellness and lifestyle coach, She's a yoga instructor and the founder of both Semper Sarah Consulting and just Roll With It Wellness, which serves the veteran community through health and leadership instruction. Sarah's journey of recovering from post-traumatic stress disorder, more than a dozen traumatic brain injuries, rape, and subsequent medical issues to include stroke has recently been showcased in a variety of outlets, including the Katie Couric Show MSNBC Live, ABC World News with Diane Sawyer, NBC News with Brian Williams, and the Huffington Post, and on and on. And she has a book entitled Just Roll With It. Welcome, Sarah. I'm delighted that you're here with us today. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, well, this is a really, really important conversation, one that I champion because 
um, you served. You served in our United States Armed Forces, and when you returned, you had challenges that needed to be dealt with, and you took the bull by the horns. Definitely. Yeah, there, there's quite a variety of things I faced personally and that I've seen uh, my other friends um, face with challenges and, and reintegration coming back for sure. You were an intelligence offer in the U.S. United States Marine Corps at a five-time military Olympian. Let's talk a little bit about your military background and your personal experience when you returned home to civilian life. Sure. So um, I served for almost seven years active duty. And, um, you know, one of the first things that comes to mind is my deployment experience. So I did uh, two combat deployments to Iraq uh, between 2005 and 2007. Now, that being said, I was behind the wire most of the time. So meaning I, I wasn't one of the people out running convoys um, or things like that. But um, we were on bases where we received indirect fire pretty regularly. Um, so some situations like that. But I was basically gone for two years straight um, with a few months home in between. And um, coming home between the deployments was probably one of the hardest uh, time spans in my life, I would say. Um, you just, for me, I felt like everyone else's life back home keeps going and yours sort of stands still um, when you're deployed. So it's it's hard to kind of jump back into the stream of things when you come back. And um, for the most part, I would say both from my personal experience and, and again, that of my friends, things tend to be in terms of extremes. So it's either like, you know, go party hard, you know, kind of don't go out till you black out. You know, people say that sort of jokingly, but people would really do that. You would just go all out and, um, and reach these highs, but then you'd also kind of crash and hit some pretty big lows as well. And there, there was very little middle ground, I felt like. And let's talk about the post-traumatic stress disorder and the uh, necessity to receive treatment. And the treatment may not always be conventional. Mm -hmm. So while I was in the Marine Corps, um, the first time I received counseling was in 2004. And at that time, it was, you know, directly in response to having been raped and um, and dealing with the stress, emotional stress, relationship stress, and and physical even fallout, um, you know, depression and PTS having a very physical component as well. Um, and even back then, I was told oh, it's a very modern Marine Corps. You can go receive counseling without any stigma or negative effect to your uh, career. And the reality was, uh, it did negatively affect my career. So. I was actually uh, in the pipeline to be an aviator in the Marine Corps. I'd already effectively um, completed some training that, that's equivalent to getting your private pilot license. I had flown a little bit in college. And um, unfortunately, because I received that psychological counseling, I was actually medically disqualified from completing flight school once I was down in Pensacola. So that had a pretty direct impact um, on my career at a time that was I would say when our, our military was still transitioning out of that stigma and, you know, that's even 10 years ago and, and we still have stigma and challenges um, and barriers to receiving care. 
the the rape took place prior to deployment it did yeah and, but yeah and yeah you sought out treatment once you were in the service mm-hmm. and it was in a sense held against you yeah it was so um unfortunately for me a, a particular piece of the timing uh with all of that was that a, another um female pilot at the time had apparently gone through a similar situation and received counseling. And then, um, you know, the pieces of the story that I heard was that then she had tried to commit suicide. And in the pilot community, you're the, the awareness of people's medical conditions and everything is, is pretty heightened. Um, you know, you're flying multi-million dollar, you know, equipment most of the time. Um, so anyway, this woman had gone through this process right around the time that I was getting down to flight school and, um, going through my initial medical screening, which is pretty in-depth. And um, a lot of people get disqualified during that process for other medical conditions that they had. Um, all sorts of things come up. But at that time, one of the things you're asked is if you've ever received psychological counseling. And to be honest, most people kind of lie on some of those those questionnaires for precisely this reason. When you answer honestly, you actually end up, it ends up, negatively affecting your career. So I answered honestly, thinking, okay, what I had been told by a previous commander, um, you know, it's a modern Marine Corps, you're not suicidal, you're not homicidal, you're just doing the right thing. You know, I was trying to, what I thought be proactive in seeking care and, you know, effectively manage what I was going through. And um, instead I was just told, oh, it's, well, you received counseling and it's too high of a risk. um, So you can't fly. And again, in the context of kind of what was happening with this, another pilot at the time. So I I think really the point is that um, seeking mental health counseling does still possess in this day and age a stigma. And what are uh, people doing about it to get the help that they need when they don't want to present for conventional uh, psychiatric or psychological treatment? And this is where your story, your journey comes in, because you have healed on multiple levels through a multidisciplinary approach. So can you talk a little bit about that part of your journey? Sure. So yeah, that was sort of my initial experience was going the the conventional route seeking, you know, psychological counseling within the confines of the military, you know, medical institution. Um, I, I pursued that off and on for years, um, which I Personally, I don't feel like it was very effective. Um, most of the the service providers and doctors were moving regularly. You know, they're getting moved from duty station to duty station. They're deploying. I'm moving. I'm deploying. So the continuity of care was, was one of the biggest um, obstacles. But I kept trying um, because for the most part, that's really all I was ever told was available to me. Um, but it was during my second deployment to Iraq that... I started to really open my eyes to some other methods and and what would be called alternative methods, um, in particular yoga. Um, I think especially as an athlete and a warrior and and sort of, you know, type A tactile person, yoga was a very um, tangible thing in some ways that that really started opening that door for me to to look at other methods besides just like cognitive behavioral therapy, but actually taking a somatic approach. And that was where I would say that it was a major turning point for me. Um, 
on my second deployment, I mean, I really, I just kind of wanted to die. I didn't want to be around anymore. And yoga, starting to do yoga regularly was a gateway for me to kind of climb out of that dark spot. We are going to go to a break. And when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with Sarah Plummer. And we're going to talk about the interdisciplinary approach or a multi-pronged approach to wellness after war. To learn more about Semper Sarah, you can visit SemperSarah.com. On Twitter, she is at Semper underscore Sarah. On Facebook as well, Semper Sarah. Here come those tunes. We'll be right back. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress Cayman has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Happiness is an inside job. Wear the message on T-shirts, baseball caps, sterling silver designer jewelry, and more. Please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back. Today we are focusing on wellness after war. Many of you know that once a month we devote one of our episodes to returning military personnel and their loved ones who are challenged with reintegration after service and my guest today is Semper Sarah. Sarah Plummer is an internationally recognized author, speaker and wellness as well as lifestyle coach. She is a former United States Marine Corps um, uh, service person and she has had her share of PTSD and has been on the road to wellness for many years and I'm pleased to share has turned her experience into one that serves others who have experienced similar um, circumstances. So Sarah, we, prior to the break, we talked about yoga and how yoga was really a lifesaver for you in helping you get in touch with your body, what was going on within your body. And I wanted to now turn the attention to the benefits of yoga as part of a wellness program and PTSD recovery. Yeah. So, um, like I said, that, that 
kind of turning point for me experiencing it firsthand with yoga, um, having that be something I was doing regularly. Um, I carried that forward when I came back to the States and just began kind of voraciously consuming as much as I could about uh, yoga and meditation and also how nutrition was impacting what um, initially, what I would say for many years actually felt like um, components of an illness that I couldn't control, that I didn't have any agency over. And so I would say taking these other alternative approaches are a really empowering way to have agency over your own health. Um, generally speaking, the environment um, in, in which PTS and, and dealing with traumatic brain injuries and things like that are explained in the military is just, well, this has happened to you and there's probably not really much you can do beyond talk therapy. And although I do think talk therapy can be helpful, um, coupled with, again, a somatic experience, something you can experience in the body, um, and meditation in particular has made the largest impact on me in a positive sense. And again, when I've brought that to others in my seminars or when I teach yoga or when I speak, um, it's a very simple but powerful practice to just be present. And as we know, one of the main components of PTS is either, you know, kind of constantly reliving the past or being filled with angst about the future. And so these mindfulness practices can really just dial you in to the present in a very real sense. And, um, things that can start to feel out of control in the mind or something you can bring into the present with the body, with the breath or particular movements. I I, com I completely concur. Um, through Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, which, as you know, is our nonprofit that delivers um, combat trauma uh, services, we work with the body, the brain, the breath. Mindfulness is a big part of our programming in addition to, you know, teaching tools of self-mastery. So I really relate to what you're saying mm -hmm. because when we are um, worried about the past and fretting about the future, we're not in touch with this present moment, what our bodies feel like being rooted in our bodies. And I think you make a very important point that one thing that yoga can teach all of us, whether we've been deployed or not, is to feel at ease, more at ease in our own skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's that's a great segue into pointing out that I initially came to these practices from sort of a personal trauma background, but being able to apply these with some of the executives that I work with. So when I do one-on-one -on -one health coaching or um, right now I'm running a group um, health coaching program as well, um, is applying that in a professional sense for peak performance and realizing you know, where we can get frazzled at work or in dealing with a project or, you know, let's be honest, another person at work that maybe makes your skin crawl or you get frustrated with that you can, you effectively have a control on your own noise dial. You know what I mean? You can turn that volume down more effectively and then be more productive with whatever you're working on instead of the mind being kind of splintered in a lot of different directions. So it's really interesting to see that applied with, um, you know, generally speaking, a healthy person, but applying these same tactics and seeing the results. Well, I think you make a very good point about regardless of the demographic, the, the principles that you're teaching and that you're sharing are all about 
building resilience, about mm-hmm. reducing stress, about overcoming opt- obstacles, about uh, learning how to be a peak performer, whether it's for the individual or in a, in a team setting. And, and those are the cornerstones of, I mean, I'm doing the air quotes here, happiness, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think an- another thing that comes to mind when we talk about this, especially in the military veteran um, setting, kind of how I mentioned earlier, between deployments, um, you see a lot of these just like spikes and like super high and then super low and you're just bouncing between these extremes. What the mindfulness practices do is give you this, um, you know, the the word we use in yoga, santosha, but like contentment and peace. And even in the introduction to your show, I I love that because it explains, you know, you explain it's not necessarily like happy, happy, high, you know, the little yellow smiley face. It's about like, a sense of levity and peace and ease and being able to cultivate that and understanding that it's actually trainable and teachable, I think is just like the coolest thing ever. I love it. I love it. Like we can teach it and we can teach it to ourselves and keep creating that habit physiologically within ourselves. I love what you say about we can teach it. That is really important because so many of us, when we have gone through uh, challenges or traumas or just life in a stressful environment, we think that we are out of control or we feel life has become out of control. And the reality of it is when through these tools, yoga, meditation, eating properly, sleeping properly, which is mm-hmm. really a, a focus of mine in, in the work that I do with Sleep and Wellness Magazine, um, is essential to our well-being and gives us control in an environment that feels seemingly out of control. Absolutely. Uh, Let's uh, go on to some of your exciting retreats that you offer. (laughs) You are an adventurous, my dear. I am. (laughs) So, yeah, I've, um, I've traveled all over the world, and one of my just most favorite spots is in Nosara, Costa Rica, at um, Costa Rica Yoga Spa, and... I did two of my yoga teacher trainings there and just fell in love with it and decided that I knew once I became a yoga teacher that I wanted to hold retreats because I feel like you can really capture the essence of so many things um, so powerfully when people are removed from their immediate surroundings back home or at work and stressors that they have there. And um, so I've held three retreats, um, one last July and then to this January at that particular spot. And so it's, um, although, you know, the simple title may be yoga and adventure, it's really a a deep dive into self-discovery. And we do use yoga as one of the tools, but we, we bring in a lot of people who aren't yogis, but are people who are feeling like, you know, they want this, this transition from good to great, or they have been through something, um, that they're still navigating, um, kind of how to feel like they have that agency over uh, positively affecting it moving forward. And um, because they've gone so well, I, I keep doing them both from a, a teacher leader perspective, as well as um, hearing feedback from my clients who've attended. Uh, so I'm going to do another one in Mexico at the end of this month. So it's May 24th to 30th. It's about an hour from Puerto Vallarta. And so the setting is in the jungle, we're right by the ocean. And again, you get this element of just being able to really sink into the environment and take a really deep dive into 
um, whatever it is that you need to dive into. And we're there as facilitators to, to guide you through that own process. But it's really about finding your own personal truth. Um, you know, it's not us because I bring in other teachers to assist as well. Um, telling anyone how to do it. It's just kind of clearing that fog away, kind of pushing some of the weeds out of the way for people to find it themselves, because I think that's the most sustainable piece. Like I can, I can yell at you Marine Corps style and tell you to do, you know, a hundred pushups and run around in circles and all that kind of stuff. But, um, that's not sustainable. And that's really one of my overarching goals, whether I'm health coaching or teaching yoga or, or consulting for leadership is what can you actually maintain, you know? Yes, the, the, the takeaway and to adapt it as practice. And really the only way to make any of this uh, a permanent part of our lives is to practice, practice, practice. Mm-hmm. And, and you have the opportunity to root or anchor these principles when you go to a retreat env- environment, which is, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, but not everybody does, unfortunately. So it's, it's also good to know that the tools of support are available. You know, they're available, you know, uh, on the internet and to find a good coach that you uh, trust that are giving you tools for the wellness trade that will stick. And yeah. I, 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 I believe that, you know, the path that, that you share is one of those ways, very powerful way. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, in the retreat setting, a lot of times people may think of vacations as, you know, a getaway and, and tuning out, I think, in, in maybe sort of an escapism standpoint. And, and our retreats are framed more as, um, yes, kind of removing yourself from some immediate stressors, but kind of how you just described we're teaching you tools to take home with you. The point isn't just come spend a fun week, you know, in a tropical place, but um, more about let's really let's really get in get into the nitty gritty and figure out what it is that you can take home that makes sense for you. Because breath work may not be um, someone else's favorite, but that could be the perfect tool for someone else. So we really give people an array of options and tools to take home with them as well. I I think that's one of the best parts is hearing from people later what they're still doing in their lives after the retreat. Indeed. We have one question and we are going to go to break. So if you could make your answer brief, Um, uh, Sarah, has your writing helped you face your challenges of PTSD, your yoga practice or helping others or all of the above? I think the question is A, B or C. (laughs) All or of D. The above. <laughs> D, all of the above. So it's yeah. a combination. It is that just as we discussed at the beginning, that multidisciplinary approach. You have been a delightful guest, and I want to give your contact information out once again. Uh, to reach Sarah Plummer, you can find her at sempersarah.com, on Twitter at semper underscore Sarah, and on Facebook as well, semper. Sarah, when we come back, we are going to continue the conversation about wellness and talk about the importance of getting a good night's sleep and how that has been compromised by modern living and what we can do about it, how we can make a few simple changes that help us get better Z's. Thank you, Sarah. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on toginet.com. 
Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlock Locking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back. If you're just joining us now, I urge you to download this as a podcast on iTunes because we are talking about wellness after war. Or if you are not a veteran or love a veteran, if you just want to feel better, join us. We are talking about ways to achieve better uh, wellness, fitness, optimal well-being. And we're carrying on the conversation today um, about sleep, how sleep ties into wellness. And my next guest is Dr. Raymond Hall. He is a celebrity chiropractor, sleep expert, and the inventor of Pillow One. He's had nearly 30 years experience healing thousands of patients. Dr. Hall's mission is to redefine what a pillow should do to support your spine, neck, and head during sleep and provide a healthy alternative that is both non-toxic and eco-friendly. And I had the great pleasure of being in Arizona with Dr. Hall this past weekend at the American Sleep and Breathing Academy's uh, Sleep and Wellness Conference 2014, where he lectured to physicians and sleep industry providers about the importance of alignment to contribute to a good night's sleep, that the architecture of our bodies is instrumental in having peace of mind as we rest. Good morning, Dr. Hall. Well, good morning, Lisa. Thanks for having Uh, me on. Oh, it is a pleasure. Let's talk about this sleep business that we all have to do. (laughs) You bet. No no one gets out of this lifetime without that either. You know, we need to sleep. And it's a challenge for many. It sure is. Well, I mean, you know, in your show, Harvesting Happiness, I mean, when we talk about health, we talk, you know, correlate that directly with happiness. And when we talk about health, we cannot um, disregard the concept of how important sleep is. Uh, So in the last uh, 10 or 15 years, I've really been focusing on this as one of the major uh, major aspects of trying to get people to heal while they sleep because we have so many different uh, environmental toxins, postural issues. Uh, we're on the smart, um, smartphones and computers so much, and we're, we're creating so much harm, harm to our spines that we actually have to go to sleep every night on a consistent um, basis and heal as we sleep. 
And let's talk about why sleep is critical for healing our bodies, but also what it does in terms of pain relief and how it actually contributes to weight loss or weight gain if we don't sleep enough. This may get a lot of people's attention. <laughs> well, let's hit the, 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 uh, the weight gain, weight, weight loss concept first. Um, it's, well, at night, uh, your hormones are changing, and, uh, and are, there's different hormones that are emitted. And there's two really important hormones in, when it comes to weight loss. Uh, that's ghrelin and leptin. Um, ghrelin makes your body hung, hung, more hungry. Leptin actually makes your body uh, less hungry. And uh, so at night, if we, if we actually we've seen studies that scientists have done research and shown that if you have a poor night's sleep, you have an increase in ghrelin and you have a decrease in leptin. So that means that during the day, you're going to actually be craving especially carbohydrates. Um, so that's one of the more important factors is, you know, so many people with obesity or, you know, just having some weight loss issues or weight weight issues um, are always hungry. So, um, you know, we want to try to reduce, you know, the hormonal effect uh, of these two very important uh, um, satiety uh, hormones. Uh, secondly, when we're talking about, uh, you know, metabolism and, you know, we're talking about thyroid function and we're talking about increasing lean muscle mass during the day. Uh, we're trying to decrease insulin, uh, you know, improve insulin um, response and decrease insulin resistance. All of these things tie into sleep, uh, especially with uh, the deep stage of sleep because um, the deep stage of sleep is where we get a lot of healing. And uh, uh, not only do we increase our lean muscle mass while we sleep, because growth hormone is secreted while we sleep. So when it comes to metabolism and uh, in, in our body's ability to, uh, to process foods and store foods in through, you know, through glycogen, then to be able to have proper energy, it's very important to sleep, you know, the seven to eight hours a night as an adult. And you have designed a pillow that is to aid us in gaining proper alignment. Because like I said at the beginning of this, this segment is that the architecture, the, the way our bodies have evolved over the years is not so conducive to having good alignment and therefore being comfortable in our own skin, which we were talking about with Sarah in the previous half of the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I just got to you know, compliment you, Lisa. You are always so right on. We didn't even... Uh you know, talk about the subject matter uh, before the show today. And, but I've got to say, Lisa is one of the experts in her book coming out and different things. I mean, you always are writing. You're so right on with the, with the correct questions and, and uh, hypotheses and different things for sleep. So, you know, what you were talking about last week at the, uh, at the Sleep and Breathing uh, Academy, the national convention, um, there were seven things I spoke about. One was choosing the right pillow. Uh, another was creating a relaxing bedtime. Uh, another was sleeping with your head and neck in a neutral position. And there was four others that I'd love to go over in a second. But, you know, with, especially with those two out of those top three that I, I was mentioning, oftentimes, you know, I'm going to say our society over the last 100 years, 200 years, has really developed into a really bad habit of propping our heads up while we sleep. 
And this ties into a very similar concept that we have um, when we have text neck or forward head posture. You know, when the head drops forward, um, a lot of times if, if someone's watching TV or if they're looking at their computer or if they're looking at their smartphone or texting, um, you know, the forward head posture is one of the worst things uh, we can do for ourselves. And uh, so certainly we can, we can do postural re-education. So, you know, you need your ear, you know, as, as your listeners are sitting there um, listening to your uh, great show, you might think, you know, they might think about putting your ear right above your shoulder. Your shoulder should be right above your hip as you're sitting. Um, you know, if we start getting a forward head posture where that ear comes forward from the shoulder, for every inch, it increases the stress of your upper back and shoulders and neck by 10 pounds of pressure. There's, it's very common to see a person with a forward head posture up to two inches. And a lot of times people are asking, wow, why do I have so much stress in my neck? Or why is this my problem area? Well, so many times we, we can just look at, you know, our posture. But unfortunately, this is a way of life that we have right now, and computers are aiding in so many different ways. And the, we, I mean, we rely so heavily on our text, texting and our phones and so on and, and uh, looking at blogs and different things. But so what, what I try to do in uh, pillow design was trying to correct this while we sleep. And so I put in uh, to the design two basic um, types of surfaces. One where where person uh, is sleeping on their back, and this is the optimal position in my opinion, and I'll tell you several reasons. But one of the main reasons is that you can actually create a lordotic or a C-type curve, you know, almost like you're putting a cylinder underneath your neck, and that is the most stable position for the spine, for the neck. Uh, it reduces the the strain of the muscles and, and, the, and reduces the disc compression, reduces the uh, the chances of disc protruding at night while you sleep. It's the most stable position of the spine, and um, so that's one of the key components of Pillow One. Uh, the second key component of Pillow One is the fact that you can lay on your side and it elevates your head um, into a perfect uh, alignment with your spine or parallel with your spine. And it comes in three different sizes, by the way. So if a person is 100 pounds, it's going to have a different height than if a person's 200 or another one that's uh, over 200. So um, keeping the spine in perfect posture not only reduces the stress during sleep, but also helps to correct, facilitate normal patho, you know, physiology uh, uh, of our spines where we can relax, we can get better oxygen to our brains, we can get better uh, vascular flow, we can reduce um, uh, uh, pain sensations. So it's really important to keep the spine in perfect alignment. And just like, you know, you support your arches with good, good foot uh, footwear, we need to support our necks with good proper pillows. And that's one of the things that we've gone astray uh, over the last hundred years, thinking that just propping the head up is sufficient. Well, actually, it's deleterious. You know, let's let's talk for a second about your pillow in action because uh, at the American Sleep and Breathing Academy conference this past week, they did a live sleep study. It was the first one that was ever streamed live um, through the night, and they happened to have done it upon uh, Mark Walzak, who is a former NFL professional football player. And I went to check on him as they were getting him ready to go to sleep, and he was on the pillow one pillow, very yeah. excited. In yeah. fact, all the NFL players that were 
in attendance um, as part of the Pro, uh, Pro Athletes Health Alliance um, received the pillow and they were testing it because many of these men have sleep apnea. You know, right. they have um, uh, an excessive snoring problem that actually cuts off their breathing. And you can elaborate on this a lot more uh, mm-hmm. medically than I. But sure. my point is that he, um, Mark was on the pillow and I could see as he was laying there how it really aligned his body. You bet. And thanks for mentioning that because it, it is so important. Because not only do you align the body and align the neck and reduce the pressure of the the spine and reduce the muscle tension of, and as well as the tendons and ligaments, but you also open up the airways. If the head is in a forward flex position, you close off the pharyngeal area. You have three parts of the pharynx in the back uh, behind your, you know, in, in the middle part of your head, and uh, and so the the oral pharynx gets closed off. And sometimes that not, not only lends itself to snoring, where the you know where the muscles start you know getting very flaccid and start um, uh, flapping and creating this snoring no- noise, but the, the the next stage of that is called uh, obstructive sleep apnea, and that's when um, we stop actually breathing for ten seconds or more. And the, the real crazy thing about this is that it happens so often, especially in, in larger people, and, and it's uh, and I'm not I think it's about six or eight uh, uh, times greater in people that are overweight or obese. And sometimes slim people will have it because it's congenital um, obstruction, but oftentimes it's the person that's a little overweight or certainly obese or with a really large neck size, which. NFL players generally have very large necks, as you know. Indeed, so. they do. Their their mm-hmm. physiology uh, kind of dictates, unfortunately, some of the challenges that they um, undergo when they retire from mm-hmm. pro football or any pro athletic sport. We are going to go to a break, and when we come back, I want to continue the conversation with Dr. Raymond Hall about the uh, the need to sleep well and properly because a good night's sleep makes many of us very, very, very happy, including yours truly. To learn more about Dr. Raymond Hall, you can visit www.pillow.com and drraymondhall.com. On Twitter, he is at Dr. Raymond Hall and on Facebook, Pillow One, P-I-L-L-O, the number one. Here come the tunes and when we come back, we are talking about getting good Z's in a chaotic world. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Do you like Lisa's take on happiness, well-being, and human flourishing? Join us this spring as Harvesting Happiness launches online classroom programming where Lisa Cypress-Kamen will offer her workshop series across the globe and from the comfort of wherever you are. Visit HarvestingHappiness.com for more details. Be a part of the grateful good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, 
friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the Medical Center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back. If you're just joining us now, fear not, because Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio is ever ready 24-7, 365 days a year. And we urge you to download this podcast on iTunes. It's kind, it's free, it's legal, and you'll learn something. Because today we are talking with Dr. Raymond Hall about sleep. What happened to what happens to us when we sleep, the power of sleep to help us restore ourselves, heal ourselves, and even lose weight. So, Dr. Hall, let's talk about what our listeners can do here and now, because they don't have their Pillow One pillows yet, but in the meantime, there are certain things they can do to make their sleep environments a sanctuary. You bet. Um, you know, one of my, the, the one that thing that is highest on, on the priority of every conversation I have with a patient mm-hmm. is trying to establish a consistent sleep schedule. Um, if you can, uh, you know, basically the idea is to get seven and a half to eight hours sleep. And when a person is trying to heal, uh, or certainly if a woman is pregnant, or a child or a teenager will need a little extra. However, the average adult needs about seven and a half to eight hours. Um, and one of the more important things is to go to bed at night at the same time, whether it be 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 10.30, whatever, and wake up seven and a half to eight hours later. Um, and we can use this, you know, this circadian rhythm that is um, really predicated and helped and hugely facilitated by the light that comes up in the morning, by the sun rising. So I always like working backwards. So if a person, if, you know, in your vicinity of the world, you know, if the light comes on, let's just say 6 a.m., and your drapes, uh, you know, have the light shining through it, or you open your drapes first thing in the morning, um, I would work backwards and say, okay, if a person wakes up at 6 with the sun, they need to go to bed at 10. Um, So that's the important thing. And utilize that sun to help turn off the melatonin, because it actually goes into your your eye, goes back into the... um, channels and goes into your pineal gland, which either secretes or shuts down melatonin, which is your key uh, sleep hormone. So the first thing I would say, again, establish a good, consistent sleep schedule where you're getting that fairly regularly. Even on weekends, try to do it on weekends because that will throw off a person quite a bit. Um, another thing to do is, in that same vein is to try to turn off all electronics. If you have a, a little uh, clicker that has uh, a blue light or a red light or you have a stereo system that has, you know, put a little piece of tape over those and certainly try to turn off any computers or TVs while you're trying to go to sleep. 
because that not only uh, you know messes with the uh, melatonin production, but also sometimes stimulates the brain <clears throat> and disallows us to go to sleep properly. Uh, so with that same concept, keep the bedroom dark, quiet, and cool. Uh, darkness, again, just as I was speaking about the melatonin. Quiet, so we don't get any kind of disruptions uh, that might awaken us, and sometimes that includes dogs snoring and, and kids, and so we want to try to uh, close our doors at night and see if we can reduce that. And one of the, also, also one of the most important things is keeping cool. Um, we generally want to stay between 68 and 72 degrees as far as the temperature in our rooms. Oftentimes people think, okay, well, I'm going to get warmer and that'll make me sleep better. Well, it's actually the opposite. You know, um, to get into the best, deepest sleep, you know, our body actually cools down one degree. And so if a person has a lot of covers on and, over, you know, is putting a lot of wool blankets, if they're sleeping with a pillow that is made out of visco memory foam that traps heat between their skin and the, and the pillow, or if they're just going to bed with a really hot temperature, they're not going to sleep as well. They're going to toss and turn and rustle, and that's going to affect their sleep. So keeping the bedroom dark, quiet, and cool is another pretty good, important tip, Lisa. Now, one of the other things that's been said in any um, sleep book or sleep article that you read about that the bedroom should be reserved for two things. Yeah. One is sleep and the other is sex. And I'm going to throw this in just because it's a little titillating and maybe it will have people's ears perk up. But, you know, one of the, the last things we feel like doing when we are exhausted and we are stressed is connecting with our mates. You know, it's, 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 we're, we're too preoccupied. So I would say that in an effort to bring sexy back to the bedroom, that really paying attention to getting that good night's sleep, to creating an optimal environment is essential. And the bedroom should be the sanctuary, that you can approach it like you're creating a spa environment for yourself, for your own ability to rewind, to reset, to decompress, and almost um, reboot oneself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could agree with you more. And, and, and those are pretty, pretty great concepts because... As we know, and in fact, uh, Lisa, you, you headed up uh, TEDx Talks in Malibu where you had me as a guest there, and one of the things we talked about was meditation and brain hygiene. And I think sex and brain hygiene work so well together because, uh, uh, you know, um, sex all, you know, the, the, we'll, just say, just, we'll just leave it at that. Sex increases, and I believe, and don't, don't quote me on this one, but I believe it's oxytocin, which is also a natural relaxant. But beyond that is just connecting with your mate is so important. And whether that be holding one's hand, you know, holding your mate's hand or, you know, you know, creating a touch, oftentimes that helps somebody relax. And also, one of the more important things in, in meditation and in, and in, as we know, is in, in, in psychosocial is to forgive one another. And if we can go to bed every night with a sense of connection, with connection meaning I forgive you, um, we create relaxation, it decreases anxiety, and will help to improve one's sleep. Because one of the most important reasons, or one of the most common reasons why people have um, insomnia is because they're anxious. Um, I think every, you know, all your listeners could probably agree with that because, you know, if we're you know, thinking about something at work or a relationship, you know, or what, you know, our children, what, what, what happened with them at school, if we can resolve those issues and go to bed with a very relaxed mind, we're going to certainly sleep better. 
And uh, I would offer your listeners just a really quick uh, meditation technique. And sometimes it's only two minutes. You can do it for two minutes. And, and that is do some deep breathing. And as you breathe in, start thinking about four words. Compassion. As you breathe out, think about what that means. Breathe in again and think about healing. Healing. The third one is think about harmony. And the fourth thing to think about is unconditional love. So, again, it's uh, compassion, healing, harmony, and unconditional love. Those four things seem to kind of cover a lot of bases of why people have anxiety. And I think one of the most important things is forgiveness. So I, uh, I urge your listeners, and, uh, and I might, I'm going to guess that you would agree with that, Lisa, and in talking about harvesting happiness, because to create happiness, we also be able, need to be able to forgive, forget, and move on in our life. I agree wholeheartedly. In fact, it is what um, brought me to the sleep industry. You know, the, the concept of so many of us who experience sleep disorders in, in the insomnia region are are doing so because of the persistent stress and anxiety and depression you know that being the underlying cause and if we can help people to achieve optimal wellness using an integrated approach you know whether it is meditation diet uh, exercise psychosocial behavior and training in an effort to live optimally the sleep part of it begins to resolve itself once we take control of of our lives in this way so true, and perfectly and well said. Um, so yeah, so in talking about the exercise and uh, and the, the great nutrition, and and I think if we're going, if we're staying with the uh, the concept of trying to uh, create good sleep hygiene, one of the other really important things, uh, just to change gears just a little bit, is not eating too late. So a lot of times people will will come home late from work and they'll you know get home at eight thirty or nine, have a you know big spaghetti dinner, and then they'll go to bed right away. And that's probably one of the worst things we could do is fill ourselves, especially with a lot of uh, heavy uh, food, spicy foods, um, you know, heavy proteins. So definitely try to uh, finish the meal at least two to three hours and hopefully four hours before you actually start your slumber. Um, the other thing is uh, try not to drink a lot of certainly caffeine or a lot of alcohol, and so. With, uh, I was with just going to add that too. That yeah. was those were the next words, and you and oh, you beat really? me to it because the the, the uh, we we often think oh by having a nice glass of wine we're going to relax uh, further, but it actually impedes or interrupts having that good sleep pattern. And caffeine mm-hmm. being a stimulant, of course, we want to eliminate that probably from what the middle afternoon onward. We really shouldn't in an yes. ideal setting, not have any caffeine. Yes, absolutely. And then if someone really loves the coffee, go to the decaf in the afternoon. Personally, I can't, I can't drink any coffee after 2 o'clock or you know, my sleep will be definitely disrupted. And there's some people that can, can even have it uh, a little further on into the, uh, to the afternoon, but uh, I think that's a personal preference and uh, how, how sensitive they are to the, to, the, to, the, to the drug called caffeine. Um, and, and also, of course, in Includes colas and, and teas, but you know, espressos and coffee. I think should definitely be out. Uh, anything after uh, after about two or three o'clock, like you said, Lisa. 
Well, we are out of time, Dr. Hall, and I want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing your knowledge, your wisdom, Pillow One, with us. To learn more about Dr. Hall, you can visit him at drraymondhall.com. To learn more about Pillow One, you can visit pillowone.com. On Twitter, he is at Dr. Raymond Hall, and on Facebook, Pillow One. And here are a few thoughts before we part. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen and my amazing guest today, Sarah Plummer and Dr. Raymond Hall, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember... Happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. And I just want to add one little tidbit here before we go. And that is that Dr. Hall gave me a pillow one. And I brought it into the house with the anticipation of being able to try one myself. And my son, Ari, who is 14, who snores, took the pillow from me and has, has kept the pillow. And so I have not had a chance to to test drive pillow one, but I will do so. I'm going to have to, to steal it back from him. But I thought that was a kind of kind of funny, Dr. Hall, that you yeah, know, the snorer in the house yeah. <laughs> took it. Perfect. Um, <laughs> Great for kids. And, and I wanted to also take a, a minute to express extreme gratitude to the production team at toginet.com and at Harvesting Happiness, who each and every week show up with gusto to make us all really look and sound good. And your effort and attention to us is really, really appreciated. And um, I don't always have those extra 30 seconds to express that gratitude on the air, but I want to do so today. Next week, we are talking with Gail Lynn Goodwin, amongst others. She is the founder of Inspire Me Today, which is an incredible online blog about all things good and true and happy and healing. And I am one of her contributors. So tune in next week. And remember, make it a great day. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress Kamen. Join us every Wednesday morning live at 10 to 11 Central Time here on TogiNet Radio. Then harvest your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with free downloadable podcasts available.